0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Twice bought by R.M. Ballantyne. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For further information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Mark Thornton, Miranda, New Zealand. Sport, Chapter 6 Gashford was not quite so ready to accept Flinders' office as that enthusiast had expected. The bully seemed to be in a strangely unusual mood, too, a mood which at first the Irishman thought favourable to his cause. "'Sit down,' said Gashford, with less gruffness than usual, when his visitor entered his hut. "'What do you want me for?' Flinders addressed himself at once to the subject of his mission— became quite eloquent, as he touched on the grandeur of the sum offered, "'the liberality of the offerers, "'and the ease with which the whole thing might be accomplished. "'A very faint smile rested on Gashford's face as he proceeded. "'But by no other sign did he betray his thoughts "'until his petitioner had concluded. "'So you want to buy him off?' said Gashford, "'the smile expanding to a broad grin. "'If your honour had been born a judge and sat on the bench "'ever since you're a small spalpeen,' You couldn't have hit it off more nightly. That's just what we want, to buy him off. It's a pertly little commercial transaction, a man's life for five hundred pounds. And sure, it's a good price to give too, considering how poor we all are, and what a deal of sweat and work we got to do to get the gold. But suppose I won't sell, said Gashford. What then? Fair then I'll blow your brains out, thought the Irishman. His fingers tingling with a desire to grasp the loaded revolver that lay in his pocket, but he had the wisdom to restrain himself and to say, Hook, sir, surely never refuse such a natural request. And we don't want to ask you to help us, only to hand me the key to the prison, remove the sentry, and then go quietly to your bed with five hundred pound in gold beneath your head and drum on." To add weight to his proposal, he drew forth the bag of nuggets from one of his capacious coat pockets. "'and held it up to view. "'It's not enough,' said Gashford, "'with a stern gruffness of tone and look "'which sank the petitioner's hopes below zero. "'Ah, then, Master Gashford,' said Flinders, "'with deepest pathos, "'it's your own mother would played with you "'for the poor boy's life. "'How she was here. Think of that. "'Sure she's young and inexperienced, "'and it's the first offence he's ever committed.' "'No, not the first, interrupted Gashford. I, I knows so on,' returned Flinders. "'Tell me, does Wesley know of this proposal of yours?' "'No, sir, he doesn't. "'And uh, I thought not, with his religious notions, "'it would be difficult for him to join in an attempt to bribe me "'to stop the course of justice.' "'Well, sir, you're not far wrong, "'for Master Wesley has been having a sort of tossle with his conscience "'on that very point. "'You must know, he'd made up his mind to do this very thing "'and offer you all his savings, a thousand pound more or less.' "'To reduce you to help to save his friend. "'But he found his gold had been stolen, so, you see, sir. "'He couldn't do it.' "'Did he tell you who stole his gold?' "'No, sir, he didn't. "'He said that some feller had took it, "'all alone like, though I calls it stalin. "'But he didn't say who.' "'And have you had no tussle with your conscience, Flinders, "'about this business?' "'The Irishman's face wrinkled up into an expression "'of intense amusement at this question.' "'I was joking you are, Mr. Gashford. "'Sure now me conscience, if I got one, could not bother me often, "'and if it did on this occasion, "'I'd send it right about double quick, "'for it's not offering you five hundred pounds I am "'to stop the course of justice, "'but to save you from committing murder. "'Give Mr. Braxton what his punishment "'like the court wants for stealing. "'or we don't hang him. "'That's all we ask.' "'You'll have to pay more for it then,' "'returned the bully. "'That's not enough.' "'Sure we don't have a rat more to keep our pots boiling, sir,' returned Flinders, in a tone of despair. I swear, I can speak for myself, for I all cleaned out, all but—' "'How much does the all but represent?' "'Well, sir, to tell you the real truth, it's about two hundred pound, more or less, and I brought it with me for fear you might want it, and I haven't managed to nugget more of it if I was to save me own life. "'It's the truth I'm telling you, sir.' there was a tone and look of such intense sincerity about the poor fellow as he slowly drew a second bag of gold from his pocket and placed it beside the first that gashford could not help being convinced two hundred and five hundred he said meditatively "'Don't make seven hundred sir said flinders suggestively the bully did not reply for a few seconds then taking up the bags of gold he threw them into a corner thereafter he drew a large key from his pocket "'and handed it to the Irishman, who grasped it eagerly. "'Go to the prison,' said Gashford. "'Tell the sentry you've come to relieve him, and send him to me. "'Mind now, the rest of this business must be managed entirely by yourself, "'and see to it that the captain knows nothing about our little commercial transaction, "'for if it does, your own days will be numbered.' "'With vows of eternal secrecy, and invoking blessings of an elaborate nature on Gashford's head, "'the Irishman hastened away, "'and went straight to the prison, "'which stood considerably apart "'from the huts and tents of the miners. "'Who knows there?' Uh, "'challenged the sentry as he approached, "'for the night was very dark. myself of course! "'And who might that be, "'for you're not the only patlander in camp, "'more's the pity. "'As as I am, "'sure any man with half an ear might know that. "'I've come to you. "'But you've got no rifle,' "'returned the man with some hesitation.' Revolvers as good as rifles, I and better at close quarters, shut up your taty trap now, and be after Master Gashford's "'for he told me to send you there without delay. This seemed to satisfy the man who at once went away, leaving Flinders on guard without a moment's loss of time. Paddy made use of the key and entered the prison. Is it there here, havoc he said in a hoarse whisper as he advanced with caution and outstretched hands to prevent coming against obstructions. "'Yes. Who are you?' replied Tom Brixton, in a stern voice. "'Where's now you get me into trouble? "'Sure I'm your sentry, no less, and you chump at Flinders.' "'Indeed, Paddy! I'm surprised they should select you to be my jailer.' "'Humph! Well, they didn't let me have the place for nothing. "'Oh, my The last exclamations were caused by the poor man tumbling over a chair and hitting his head on a table. "'Not hurt, I hope,' said Brixton, his spirit somewhat softened by the incident. Not much, only a new bump, but it's one I've got more many, so it don't matter much. Now listen, time is precious. I've come for to set you free, not exactly at this moment, for the boys of the camp haven't all gone to bed yet. When they're quiet, I'll come again to help you escape. I've only come now to let you know. The Irishman then proceeded to give Tom Brixton a minute account of all that had been done on his behalf. He could not see how the news affected him; the prison being as dark as Erebus. But great was his surprise and consternation, when the condemned man said in a calm but firm voice, "'Thank you, Flinders, for your kind intentions, but I don't mean to make a second attempt to escape.' "'You don't intend to escape!' exclaimed his friend, with a look of blank amazement at the spot where the voice of the other came from. "'No, I don't deserve to live, Paddy, so I shall remain and be hanged.' "'I'll be hanged if you do,' said Paddy, with much decision." "'Come now, don't be talking nonsense. It's joking you are, of course.' "'I'm very far from joking, my friend,' returned Tom, in a tone of deep despondency, "'as you shall find out when daylight returns. I am guilty, more guilty than you fancy, "'so I shall plead guilty, whether tried or not, and take the consequences. "'Besides, life is not worth having. I'm tired of it.' Hark! but we bought you and paid for you.' You no know, manner right to do this without like talking to yourself, returned his exasperated chum. Prince, it's of no use talking to you. There's something wrong with you inside, no doubt. When I come back for you at the right time, you'll have thought better of it. Come now, give us your hand. I wish I could, Flinders, but the rascal that tied me has drawn the cord so tight that I feel as if I had no hands at all. I'll soon put that right. Where are you? Ah, oh, that's it. Now keep steady. "'Flinders severed the cord with his bowie-knife, unwound it, and set his friend free. "'Now then, remain where you are till I come for you. "'And if anyone should rap at the door and ask where the Sentinel is, and the key, "'just tell him you don't know and don't care. "'Or, if you prefer it, tell him to go and axe his grandmother.' "'With this parting piece of advice, Flinders left the prisoner, locked the door, "'put the key in his pocket, and went straight to Fred Wesley, whom he found seated beside the fire, with his face buried in his hands.' Tom told you he wouldn't attempt to escape, said Wesley, on hearing the details of all that his eccentric friend had done. You may be sure that he'll stick to it. Do you really?